Welcome to It's a Good Day Podcast. We are sisters who love to chat and believe that through Jesus, even the tough seasons are good. We want to share the stories of ordinary people and have some laughs along the way. I'm Delight. I'm the older one. I'm August, and I'm the younger one. You never know what will happen on our show, but we hope you will join us as we find the good in every day. Hey, everybody. Welcome to It's a Good Day Podcast. Hello. That's August, and we are joined once again this week by Natasha Metzler. Yes, we are. And I'm Delight, of course. Do you know that I, like, don't always know how to say my name? Delight, 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 delight. (laughs) Um, But I just say it, I guess, and I should listen sometimes to how my parents say it. How how about my dad say it? Delight. 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 It just sounds funny. Delight. It's like is the is the like Hey Delight. Is delight. the <laughs> Is the lazy way to say it. Now like, that we delight. just spent 15 49 delight. seconds on my name. <laughs> delight. Anyway, we are um continuing our series on infertility. We're kind of going through the little pamphlet that Tasha wrote called The Christian Woman's Guide to Infertility. And this is our fifth episode. We have talked about ourselves, where Tasha and I shared a little bit of our story. We've talked about marriage. We've talked about relationships. We've talked about faith. And is that it? Is that the four? Yes. And today we are going to talk about the um, chapter called Heart. Correct. And Tasha's going to tell us a little bit about what that means. Yeah, I was just explaining to August before we started that this one is not as self-explanatory when it says um, the chapter is actually titled Infertility Doesn't Rule My Heart. And what I mean by that is that God puts in each of us kind of a calling, I believe, to things that um, we are often passionate about or we love. And when we step into something like infertility or a place of barrenness in our life a lot of times the the things that God has put in us that once brought us joy or once we knew that we were following the Lord or this was just a place of um I'm trying to think of what the word is like passion and a place of just excitement that we we love doing this thing a lot of times when the hard things come in that the joy and passion kind of drains out of that place in our life. So um, kind of an example of, of what I mean even by our heart or our passion or our calling is a story that probably some of you have heard before, but for those of you who haven't, I'll kind of tell it really quick. Um, in the 1924 Olympics, one of the runners was a man named Eric Little, who was a Christian. And there's actually a movie called Chariots of Fire, I believe, that's based on his life. But Part of the story is that he was a Christian that was called into missions, and that was something he was really passionate about, but he also loved to run, and he was very fast. And he won the Olympics. There was a whole thing about um, him not running on Sundays and, and how he got switched to a different, a different race that he hadn't trained for, and he still won it. And it was just kind of this really cool thing. But in the movie, and I think that this is based on something he actually said, but either way, in the movie, he says to his sister that um, the Lord made him fast, and when he runs, he would feel the Lord's pleasure. Like that was just something that God put in him. And that's why he wanted to follow through with running in the Olympics. And when I think about things in my life, there are things that when I'm doing them, I feel the Lord's pleasure. And I feel like, yes, God put this in me. I love doing this thing. So in my story, the thing that I really loved really tied very closely with infertility because what I loved was working with children from the time that I was really little, actually probably from the day that my mom brought home my little brother, I think. (laughs) (laughs) I basically loved working with children and it was very, um, yeah, it was just something that I wanted to do. Even before I was getting, thinking about getting married or anything like that, I was looking for ways to work with children. I taught Sunday school. I babysat. Um, When I was old enough, I started teaching in preschools because little kids in particular were, just something that I was had passion to do, and I loved telling them about Jesus. I loved um, 
yeah, I felt the Lord's pleasure when I was working with kids, really. And so that was something that was a huge part of my life. And then when I got to the place where infertility became also a huge part of my life, all of a sudden grief kind of overtook that joy that I had. Yeah, that makes sense a lot. Yeah. Totally. And and I think that this happens now. Everyone who faces infertility isn't necessarily a kid person, right? <laughs> so, but I do think that when we have grief, however that looks in our lives, whatever it's from, often the things that we have are passionate about, like our passion drains out of it because grief is so big, right? Mm-hmm. And it's so, like it's like a shadow, you know. Yeah. I think it like overshadows life. You know, it's exactly. like you're. It's like yeah. That's the best way I can describe it. Is like you're you're continuing on. You're walking through life still, but there's like this almost like a cloud. Maybe is even better. Like yeah, kind of yeah. like a cloud hanging right over, and so it can put out that fire. I think yeah. yeah. And one of the things that I think when when I thought about the fact that I was not finding joy in children anymore and that was that grief was taking over that part my first reaction was just to be like no 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 I'm just gonna not let that happen right, right. like I was just gonna be tough enough maybe yeah, is like power through <laughs> right right like power through and one thing that I learned very quickly is that's not how grief works right when we are actually facing grief we actually need to look at it and face it mm-hmm. and recognize that it's hard name that it's hard like yeah. this is a hard thing for me needs to be something that comes out of our mouths right <laughs> we need to be truthful about it but then following that sometimes you do have to power on maybe maybe not pa- like power through without thinking about it but but actually look at it and say okay this is hard and I'm gonna do this hard thing Right. So for me specifically in working with kids, you know, I had nieces and nephews by the time I was well into infertility. And part of working through was saying, this is hard for me that I don't have my own children. But I'm still going to love on my nieces and nephews. And I'm still going to choose to do these hard things, even though it's hard. But I can call it hard. Right. I don't have to say, oh, no, it's no problem. Oh, no, it's, you know. I don't have to be chill with it. I can say that it's hard and still do it. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. And one of the things that uh, when I brought it to the Lord, because that's also a a huge part of it, is bringing it to the Lord saying, all right, God, this is my hard thing. What do I do now? How do I I walk through this? Um, I I ended up finding this verse that is so well known. We all know the verse in... um, Oh my, I have to look at where it's found. We all know so well. We all know. (laughs) Exactly. You'll recognize it as soon as I say it. But can I find where it is? In Matthew. It's in Matthew 10, where Jesus says, whoever does not take up the cross and follow me is not worthy of me. This sounds familiar, right? Mm -hmm. Whoever loses, I'm sorry, whoever finds their life will lose it. And whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. Now, the word life here actually means breath. Mm. That's, Mm. that's the, yeah, the definition. Right. So he's saying whoever finds breath in earthly things will lose their breath. And whoever loses their breath or their soul for the sake of Christ will find it. And that was, for some reason, that translation of it and that understanding of what Jesus was saying was really helpful for me because I realized, like, infertility is an earthly thing, right? Um, It is part of the brokenness of our broken world that we aren't able to bear children uh, well, barrenness in general, right? Any any place that there is barrenness mm-hmm. in our life. And we've talked about this in almost every episode that it doesn't have to be um, infertility that you face for these things to apply. It may be something else. Um, but if whatever area that the barrenness is, that barrenness is part of the brokenness of this world. Mm-hmm. And so laying that down and saying, all right, 
I am willing, Lord, to take whatever cross that you give me to bear. I'm willing to walk through it with that. And I know it's going to be hard and I recognize it as hard. But then trusting that putting our hope and our life and our breath in who Christ is, that is the thing that's going to allow us to walk through. So it's not my own strength that I can power through this thing. But the fact that I know that with Jesus, we can walk through whatever hard comes our way. Mm -hmm. And part of that trust um, is illustrated in a story that's actually one of my favorite stories in the Bible. Um, is in the book of Jeremiah. There is, Jeremiah is this prophet. Do you guys know much about Jeremiah? Not too much. I, like, I can think of a couple Jeremiah stories, but, like, when you say it, I'm just not automatically, like, I don't feel like I do. Well, because it's a prophetic book, I feel like there's not as much, um, uh, what is the word, narrative about him. Right. Right. Like, it's, the narrative about Jeremiah is mixed in with his prophecies that sometimes are in poetic form and sometimes you know they're in different forms and so it's not as simple as like you know David we have all this narrative about David so you'd say like oh a story about David well which one you know the lion yeah the bear the giant you know like we can go through right but with Jeremiah there's not as much but in between his prophetic words in the book of Jeremiah there is some narrative And one of um, the stories is about a time when God tells him to buy a field. And what you have to, you have to have like a little bit of a grasp of the history of what's going on to understand what even that means. But at that point, when God tells Jeremiah to buy a field, the whole city was under siege because this was right at the fall of Israel. Hmm. And so they were... Babylon was coming in and carrying off, you know, like Daniel and all of them would have been Mm -hmm. carried off. Um, Yeah, they were losing land and power rapidly to Babylon. And so the city is under siege or, yeah, I think it's the city specifically or the kingdom anyway, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. is under siege. And which means that they can't get in and they can't get out. And basically Babylon is just waiting for them to give up their land. And while this is happening... Jeremiah buys a field, which doesn't make a lot of sense because if you think about it, they're about ready to lose all of their land to the Babylonian kings, right? Like mm-hmm. they're not. And this going, field is in in the land, like, right? In in the part that's under siege, right? Okay. So he's buying it for what? Like the five days we've got left before they break in, you know? Like what is right. what is the point of it? And God is telling him to do this specifically as a prophecy it was a prophetic word that and he says he says specifically to him um to to just read the verse it says houses and fields and vineyards shall again be bought in this land so he was telling jeremiah you do this thing in faith because basically this siege that is that is uh, ongoing right now is not the end of the story right Mm -hmm. so that's the whole point of it that this is not the end of the story And so for me, when I read that story while I was in the middle of struggling through this place of not allowing infertility to rule my heart and the things that God had called me to, Mm -hmm. I felt like, all right, what do I need to do (laughs) that is basically, in essence, buying a field, trusting that this isn't the end of the story, Mm -hmm. that this hard thing I'm facing is not it. And so for me, I felt like what the Lord said is, you need to start caring for kids again. Mm. Because I had backed away from that because it was painful, right? Mm-hmm. And so, and and this is actually, I was thinking through, I didn't put this part of the story in, the, in my book, but I was thinking through this today as we were preparing. And I remember the day that I felt like the Lord told me that. I had read the story. I thought, all right, Lord, how can I live in that kind of faith? How, like, what field am I supposed to be buying, mm-hmm. right? And I, this came to my mind that I needed to start watching kids again. And I went on Facebook at that point. This was probably, I'm trying to think, nine years ago, probably 10 years ago, something like that. Wow. And I went on Facebook and that day I got on, I'm scrolling through for some reason I was friends with somebody, I should say not some reason I was friends with her, but I, I was 
didn't know this person very well, but I was apparently Facebook friends with her because who knows, you know, who knows why or how. And, but I really didn't know her well at all. My husband kind of knew her husband was kind of how she ended up on my feed, Mm -hmm. but she had put up a thing saying, Hey, I need someone to watch my boys. And I, this is not me. Now, if you know me at all, (laughs) I am not a like, Hey, pick me, pick me kind of person at all. But I did like, Mm -hmm. I wrote on that like question thing. I said, Hey, I would love to, or I pick me maybe even, or something. I don't Mm -hmm. know. Something. And I honestly like did that just because I had been reading this and That's talking so cool. to the Lord about Not because this. you were like dying to do it actually. Inside. Well, no, because inside it was hard to watch kids right. and to be around children sometimes. Sometimes totally. it was worse than others. But in general, I had my nieces and nephews and I kind of got into like this place where I was OK with that because I had a special place in their life. Right. But like just any kid, any time was a little bit harder. Right. And Definitely. regardless, I put this in and I ended up watching these boys for years. Mm-hmm. Um. And I still, I mean, I still see them and stuff. They're, they're older now. Like I said, this was like lots of years ago, <laughs> but I watched them all the way through. There was, um, a baby. I'm trying to think he might've been like six months old or something like that. Six to eight months, somewhere mm-hmm. in there. He's less than a year. And I watched them every day, sometimes weekends, like all the way through until he started preschool. So he was, and he ended up being the first of, I call him my babies, but I raised raised you know that's in quotes you guys can't see that part but <laughs> I raised them <laughs> or, or watched them um, continually until preschool age I had several sets of kids that I did that with and they were so special to me it was definitely something that Lord used in my life that was like nope this is finding a way to act out what God put in my heart mm-hmm. to love children and to teach children and um, to train them and just, yeah, all of those things, it was such a part of, of what God put in me. And I was able to act that out even while I was living through what the enemy would have used as something to stop that from happening, sure. right? Infertility was the the robbing of that in my life. And yet in walking through and following the Lord and trusting my breath and my life to him, mm-hmm. I was able to still do all of the things that should have been stolen from me, but yep. they were not able to be. Yeah. Because the story wasn't done yet. Right. Yes. And, I love that. And that's part of it. Like now I'm not watching any kids suddenly. And but by the time I had stopped watching children full time, the Lord had brought our adopted children and then our miracle baby. And it just kind of all came together right at this point. And it was just amazing to me. And it's just just an example of how the Lord will do his work no matter what broken thing that we're walking through. Right. And to trust him with that. So I one of the encouragements that I give in the book and, and I'll give right now too is if there is a barren place in your life or a place that brokenness and grief is kind of holding you captive, what or besieging you maybe is <laughs> if we're gonna go with the the example from this, but what things may the Lord be calling you to? that would be the equivalent of buying land and trusting him that the story is not done yet. Yeah. Um, I know I've heard different stories from people and sometimes it's as simple things like I had a friend that when her and her husband were going through infertility, um, buying a Christmas tree and putting it up was part of that. Like, no, what, what would I do if infertility wasn't, controlling my life yeah oh it's Christmas season we would be celebrating Christmas right and we would do this thing and and sometimes you it's not that you have to do that right away sometimes you walk through like the quieter grief times but eventually you have to decide you well you have to talk to the Lord really and ask him what places are being controlled by this grief or this brokenness and what places do you want to reclaim yeah yeah, I think it makes me think of just places in my life. I feel like throughout um, our journey before we had children, I was able to to find contentment in where the Lord had me mm-hmm. right then. You know, like mm-hmm. we back on the first episode, a few episodes back, we each shared our sh- our story, and I shared how um, it was a while before I really realized, like, oh, this is hard, and I had mm-hmm. to kind of 
my journey was kind of walking into that rather than walking out of it, kind of walking into those feelings. But I feel like at the same time as feeling that hurt, I was also able to find contentment in just being the two of us, Mm -hmm. you know, and Mm -hmm. I, I was able to, with the Lord's help, I think for sure, like I was able to look for that contentment and, and Mm -hmm. appreciate rather than I would always say here. Now I'm like doing the half sentence thing, but here I would always (laughs) say when I was in a group of people and there was a lot of children, my friends all had their children when it was time to go you know, they'd all be putting them in their car seats and putting their coats on, da, 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 <laughs> you know, like just the whole yep. thing, obviously. And I, the Lord helped me notice those things where we just said goodbye and walked out the door. And I just, mm-hmm. instead of like, instead of always mourning that, like, oh, mm-hmm. I, we don't have children. So mm-hmm. I was able to recognize like, oh, how, like, what a blessing. We just get to go home. The two of us tonight. Isn't that mm-hmm. fun? Mm-hmm. And I think it's very easy to kind of look at the hard parts. Right. And I feel like the Lord helped, helped me in, in, in many areas to like look for the positive. So it's like we are always saying it was grief and um, contentment kind of at the same time. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I shared in this journey, have I shared about the Christmas party at all? I don't recall something about a Christmas party. Yes. So I think you should I share did. it again. Oh, well, I don't know about here though. I'm sorry. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. I've heard it before, okay. but I don't know. <laughs> well, there was one, one year that we were, Jordan and I were at a Christmas party and it was particularly hard because it was right about the time that we were kind of pursuing like, can we get pregnant? We haven't mm-hmm. for all these years, but let's try a little harder. <laughs> you know, can we, or what will we do next? And we were at the point of definitely desiring children. And so I was having a particularly hard time that night. Now, mind you, it was a party with, it was just an adult. Yeah. There was no children there. So okay. you would think like, oh, that's nice for people with no children. Because often our friendship group, friends group was always very blessed and a lot of children. And I loved that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, sometimes it is hard being the only one that doesn't have children because you don't necessarily relate with the conversation and stuff like that. Right. And you also, we've talked about this through the series too, like you don't want to always be the one that like oh well now I'm putting the damper on the conversation because I don't relate but at the some sometimes it is hard yes anyway so that night I was having a really hard time because I kept going around to different conversations and like every conversation I I joined they were talking about their kids no nope, mm-hmm. you know no kids were there but and then I would be like okay and it wasn't, that wasn't always hard for me, but this particular night in, in this part of the season, like it just was like, okay, mm-hmm. I, I don't even have anything to talk to anyone about because I have this glaring lack in my life. Mm-hmm. And so then I would go to another group. They were talking about their kids and I go to another group, whatever. And in some ways, I just always look at this night as like one of those both and kind of things because, um, yeah, it was just difficult. And I went in the bathroom and cried that night and just Mm -hmm. was like, Lord, this is no fair. I hate this. Like I can't even enjoy a adult Christmas party because I don't have kids. Like there's not even kids here. Like it just felt dumb. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Anyway, but I also found my way back to Jordan that night during the party. And I said, this really stinks. Like everyone's just talking about their kids. And he said, yeah, I know. And he had been, like experiencing and feeling the same thing. And so I felt like it was one of those points of like, yeah, that was really hard, but yet we were in it together. You know, we were feeling that. And, and that night I didn't just leave. I didn't Mm -hmm. just, I hope this even relates. I'm like, now I'm thinking, does this even go with what we're talking about? But I didn't, I didn't just leave, you know, like I did, I went in the bathroom and I cried, but I just said, Lord, like, I'm not willing for this like hurt this grief to take Mm -hmm. me down, Mm -hmm. you know, and I just kind of made that decision and I didn't feel like 
the Lord scolded me for feeling bad, but I felt like he just kind of embraced me and my husband embraced me and was feeling the feelings too. So that was a blessing. And I walked back out and I had a really good night, like the rest of the party, you know, I found, I can remember distinctly kind of some of what happened the rest of the night and it was really fun and a really nice time. And Mm -hmm. I found good in that, Mm -hmm. but yeah, it just kind of stood out to me as one of those times of like, okay, just because I could also see the positive of not having children, there was also times when it was hard not to, but yet at the same time, well, God, and God met me, you know, honestly, when I hear that story from you too, thinking about, um, just this idea of, of what your heart is or, or what the Lord has put in you. One of the things looking at your life delight that I feel like is that the Lord has blessed you with an ability to connect with a lot of friends and people. And that yeah. has been a special, important part of your life. And so really that was an illustration of a time when when your grief was trying to take away even your friendships. Right. Like, and that has, yeah, the Lord showed you how to walk through that. Mm -hmm. Um, and you had to face it and it was still hard. It wasn't like, Oh no, we're going to pretend like it's fine. No, it's hard. Right. (laughs) Um, but at the same time, as you walked through that, the Lord met you and the story yep. wasn't done. But even that night, in right, right in that specific night, the story wasn't done yet. Yep. And so Absolutely. you could have tried to escape. And that, and it's not to say that there aren't times that the Lord will allow you to just go home and grieve maybe more, sure. depending on where you're at or what things. But in that story particularly, I hear, yeah, the Lord met you brought you like that connection with Jordan that you were be able able to have the comfort I guess mm-hmm. of of him understanding that you weren't alone and then from that place of being together and not alone in your grief you were able to go on and experience the joyful things that the Lord also had in that situation yeah. for mm-hmm. you which is just that's the kind of thing that right. is absolutely that we don't have to be locked in by this area that the enemy is trying to control that instead with the Lord's help when we give to him and we just say, all right, here's, here's this stuff. Here's this hard. What do I do that he leads us and sometimes calls us to just trust him to, to stay and, and trust him that he's going to work it out somehow. And, and he does, he's faithful. I think we talked about that in one of the other episodes was just that it's safe to trust him mm-hmm. that he's going to come through. And that doesn't mean that things aren't hard and we don't face more hard, but in the end it is safe to have trusted him that we're never going to look back and be like, man, it's a bummer. I trusted God that right. day. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. I always like another verse I come back to so often is just that, um, just went out of my mind <laughs> that God works all things together Yes. For good for them who are God. who are yeah, and, and are, are called according to his purpose and his mm-hmm. plan. And I think that I I heard someone once say, like, if it's not good, it's not done. And I love that. Mm-hmm. Like yes. because he promises us that. You know, he promises and like it's not that if it's not perfect, because like it might not be perfect. You yeah. might never have children. Mm-hmm. Your spouse might die. You might get in an accident and not be able to walk. Or you yeah. know, like yeah. but even in those things, God can bring good. Yeah. Well, and and even that idea, the first place in scripture that we really see that idea spelled out is in the story of Joseph when he um is faced with his brothers again, right? That's where that the verse he says, what you meant for evil, God, yeah. God used for good. Mm-hmm. That's the first, I think like, I think it's if kind of is shown other places before that, but that is like very specific. This is what God says about this. This was meant for evil. God still brought good. And in that story, Joseph still lost his family, right? <laughs> right? So it wasn't perfect. He he still lost his family. He still didn't get to um, experience life the way that would be the best way to experience life. He still spent years in prison. Right. He still was falsely accused. He still, you know, there was there were so many things that he still had to deal with. But the story wasn't over, and God was working, 
and eventually he saw the good. So how did that go again? If it's not. Yeah. If it's not good, good it's not done. It's not done. Yeah. yeah. I don't know That's where so I heard good. that. I don't, yeah. Whoever, whoever said that they're yeah. very brilliant. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. So that is, that's basically the heart of the, the book, the Christian women's guide to infertility that kind of brings us to the end of those stories. There are obviously endless topics that you could sure. look at and, and go through, but do we want to do a couple questions and answers? Do you sure. feel like that's, we got time for that? Sure. So I had asked originally when we first started getting ready to podcast, I'd asked for some questions that people might have about infertility. And so I'm going to just kind of go through and we can just share what comes to mind, I guess, as we sounds good as we look at them. The first one is, how can I help a lifelong friend go through multiple years of infertility when I am also starting to try for a family? It's so hard <laughs> because it is one of those sort of unknown places, you know, like I feel like we, the first thing that comes to my mind is just kind of open communication. Mm -hmm. You know, like I feel like for me, someone who is, I know that we talked in a previous episode just about, I, I remember I said about pregnancy announcements, like don't, yes. don't leave us out. Like we want to be, we want to hear the announcement too. Like don't yep. assume we don't want to hear just because that's hard. And so I think, I think for someone to, kind of be open about the fact of like, I feel bad about this because I know that this is hard for you. Like to me, that just shows, like, I feel a lot of respect, I guess, if mm -hmm. someone would, would do that rather than kind of like, it's like they're them inviting me in, I think to their story. Yeah. And so, especially like a lifelong friend, you know, like you, just because you don't have maybe what they have or what they are potentially going to have, like you are, like we've said many times, you're very happy for them mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. have that because you do care so much about them. You know, I remember, yeah. um, at the point that August, like you got pregnant pretty quickly after your wedding, mm -hmm. right? How long, how long yes. were you married? Four, four months. Yeah. And, I remember someone who I didn't know very well, um, you know, saying to me, Oh, I'm so sorry. Like, I'm sure that's really hard for you and stuff like that. And I'm like, it just, it was not hard for me, even though that was within when my journey was the fact that I, that, what, that when it was hard, the fact that I didn't have a baby was hard, mm -hmm. but the fact that August was pregnant was not hard at all. In fact, it was a relief to me for her not to deal with the same thing that I was yeah. dealing with. Mm -hmm. That's one thing I was going to say is especially with lifelong friends or, or close siblings or whoever, there can be both. We, we talked about this. There can be both feelings, obviously grief for your own loss and joy for somebody else at the same time. So recognizing that if, if you do feel grief, that's okay. That doesn't mean you're not a good friend or something, but to me, I remember feeling that relief with different ones. Like, oh, they don't have to face this. Yeah. Like, I'm so thankful. So thankful that, that it just doesn't have to be a problem for them. Yeah. And because, so, like, say she was facing it, that would just make it that much harder. Like, I'm yeah. like, I'm hurting and now you're hurting too. Like, yeah. yeah, I don't know. It just, I didn't feel that at all. Which it doesn't mean that someone wouldn't feel right. that's okay if you well, do but and I do think that's that's the one place I would say learn to be sensitive and so if if I was the person that I'm starting to work towards having a baby and I have a friend who's had long-term infertility that's where the question is right um I'm not going to complain about it not being the first month <laughs> that I have the baby right, right? or For that sure. I get pregnant um that it it's being careful with that kind of thing, watching complaints and whining about stuff is probably going to be one of the biggest ways to be sensitive. Yeah. For I sure. think. Mm. Um, and then especially if you do get pregnant, that that friend is probably not the one to be like, 
oh, I'm so miserable all the time kind of thing. It's fine to say, no, this has been hard again. You know, like absolutely be real. But watch the sensitivity comes in, like watching yourself from complaining because it is easy to complain when your body is tired and you're Mm -hmm. building a baby. (laughs) Right. You know, it does take a lot out of you, I guess is what I'm saying. So it, it I do recognize that. But at the same time, that's where the sensitivity I think would come in for somebody Mm -hmm. else. Um, The next question I have is actually very, very similar. How to love on friends struggling with infertility, especially when I have kids. So this is a little further down. We talked about this a little bit. Well, in the relationships episode, I think we kind of mentioned it a little bit. Yeah. Just not this particular question, but we talked about this concept and idea Mm -hmm. and how um, rejoicing with people who rejoice and mourning with people who are mourning. Mm -hmm. um, Just that. Yeah. Again, I think communication and being sensitive come in because I think even in like we've said so many times how you how it worked for you is different than how it worked for me mm-hmm. and i think right for me for you you talk often about how you were able to find like joy in caring for other children yeah where you shared it's not like that was easy you just talked about yeah. that it, you know you had to get to that place but i feel like you you did get to that place where for me i think being not as much of a baby person or whatever for me it it actually was difficult more like I don't and I don't really feel like I was bitter I think it just for me it was just easier I more found the joy in like not having other people's children Mm -hmm. and in the joy of like I don't have children of my own like I don't have to do this Right. Embracing the fact that you had freedom in that area and you didn't need to. And I didn't also put on myself. There was times when maybe I felt kind of bad that I didn't maybe watch my nieces and nephews even as much as I might have. If I would have been having kids, Mm -hmm. babies at the same time, I think I would have more. Because even now we go back and forth more because we help each other, you Mm -hmm. know? Yeah. And I think at times I felt bad that I didn't do that as much. But yet it just wasn't where I was at. And I, I appreciate that I f- was able to find the freedom to not have to do that. Yeah. And absolutely. the joy in like, you know what? I'm just, I'm enjoying that I don't have children. And I did have the opportunity. You know, I loved um, two of my nieces whose mom worked. Like I got to have them quite a bit the first couple years of the one's life in the first year. Ah, actually it was almost four years. Oh, it was a while I did that. Yeah. The first like four years and the first couple of the other one. But I, and I loved that time. Like I loved getting to have that relationship with them. And I feel like my one niece, Brooklyn, I had her from when she was very little, like eight weeks or something. And mm-hmm. I, I always say that I feel like she taught me how to care for babies. Like, Cause yep. it was the first baby that I had just had so little like that. And I feel like it gave me a lot of confidence in, mm-hmm. um, having babies, you know, and her mom was my sister-in-law, Monica. She's a great mom and she was very intentional with her babies. And I just felt like it helped me learn what to sure. do and how to sure. do. And so it's just cool. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I love that I had that opportunity, but at the same time, I also felt free at times to say, you know what? I don't have to do this. And I didn't. And yeah. It wasn't in a right. bitter way, but in a good way. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think sometimes that is, that's just a good place to know, know your friends and know what their loves are or what their heart is for things in life right. and to not assume, but to listen to what right. they have not to say. Not assume that they never want to watch your kids or do, you know, like, but to know like Tasha would love to watch my kids. Delight right. would prefer probably not to. Right. right. And yeah. to be, yeah, to be okay with either and kind of aware. Right. And even just ask, you don't have to, you don't have to figure it out always. Oh, no, no. You just, can actually like give the freedom to be honest to right. the other person. Exactly. And I feel like that, I mean, that goes in so many areas of our lives. Right. If we would just all be a little bit more honest and totally. right? and willing to hear the, and hear the honesty. I right. think and as, not being worried, not being worried 
like to figure it out for the other person. Right. Like, well, part of it, I think, is learning to ask questions in a way that allows a person to be positive or negative on whatever it is. Right. So not mm-hmm. to ask, like, would you ever be willing to watch my kids <laughs> like to like leave them feeling like if I say no, am I saying I don't like your kids? You know, but to just ask in a way to say like, so in dealing with this, you know, if, if you haven't been able to have children, what what was what is helpful to you? What right. what can I do? Would you do you like watching my kids? Do you, would you not want to? You know, like and ba- making it just positive either way. I guess that either thing yes. is fine. Totally. I just genuinely want to know for you because I love you because right. you're my friend. <laughs> yes, and I think that that's again, like we said, having to do with infertility, but in general, like Delight said, we we need to get better at that. I think as. Um, as the body of Christ, actually, mm-hmm. at learning to listen to each other and ask questions in, in that open manner right. to hear where someone's really at. Totally. So yep. Um, the next question we have here is, I'm struggling with getting over a fear of repeated miscarriage. I feel very afraid to get pregnant again. Hard. <laughs> That's hard. Yeah, yeah. It's it's really hard. The one thing that just immediately comes to my mind is, I guess the same thing actually, like that it's okay to just grieve. Like you don't have to feel like you have to do something. Like um, on the like answering side of things, one thing that was really helpful for me when I was dealing with miscarriages and just that side of infertility was the knowledge that I was not the one in control of whether or not I had a baby. Yeah. And, and that was really Mm. big because I wanted on one side, I wanted to be in control obviously because I wanted to make myself be able to have a baby. But if I couldn't do that, then I almost wanted to make myself not be able to have a baby mm-hmm. because I wanted the control. Yeah. And that was something that the Lord really, that was a period of time that the Lord was working on my heart in that and getting me to the place of saying, wait a minute, I don't actually, me personally, Natasha Metzler, I am not the one that gives or takes away life. Like that is not right. my job. That's not my position. Mm-hmm. And if I have a baby or if I don't, that is the Lord's call, not mine. Mm-hmm. And if I walk through miscarriages or if I don't, I, I don't get to decide that. Right. Um, and I say this because, you know, you can do things and I guess you can get really extreme. But in general, um, you know, you can go on birth control, but that doesn't always stop you from getting pregnant. Right. You can. Uh, I know people that um, the husband has had a vasectomy and that still didn't stop them from getting pregnant. Right. Like it. It. If the Lord is going to bring life, then all of these things that you can do may not stop it. So right, there is a little bit, sometimes that knowledge can make you a little frustrated. Like, all right, Lord, you're the one that's supposed to be doing something here and you're not doing it. But at the same time, if you can take a couple deep breaths, it's actually peace filled because it's not, I, I don't have to either. Like I don't have to figure out or do anything about whether or not I have another child or whether or not I have to walk through another miscarriage. Like I, I don't have to make those decisions. Yeah. The, the word like rest comes yes. to mind, like resting in him. Like, yes, in our human mm-hmm. nice, our humanness, we might want, like think we want that control, mm-hmm. but actually there is a relief and a rest that comes when we can truly give up that control to him yeah. And and let it be out of our hands because the faith in knowing that he knows what's best yeah. is relieving. It is, yeah. you know, just resting in him. And and I think if, if we are in that place of rest, sometimes like health wise or, or different things, we might end up coming to the place where we have to make medical decisions. And if we are doing it from that place of rest instead of a place of fear, like, oh, I, I just don't want to face this hard thing. And so I'm trying to get around it. Um, it, it's just, it's much different. It's much healthier. Um, we'll be at so much more peace. So I guess that's an encouragement there for sure. 
to rest in him that he he's with you <laughs> you're not alone and yeah one one step at a time yeah I think too just remembering that like further down like okay say you do get pregnant again like it is a valid fear to wonder will I miscarry mm-hmm. again yeah but I I hope that you felt the Lord with you the first time, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that that can help you remember that he will be with you again. Like mm-hmm. I, I want to be able to say like, Oh no, if you have faith that won't happen again, but that's just not true. That's just mm-hmm. not the life that we're living. We have trouble. We have hardships, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but I think we can know, we can be confident that he walks with us. Right. And so I think that is the thing that's the thing to lean on mm-hmm. because like fear, like God, that doesn't come from the Lord. Right. He doesn't give us fear. So that fear, you can, you can face that. You can attack that. You can conquer that. The hurt is still going to be there, but you can go forward without fear because the Lord will go with you. If you have to face that again, right. Yeah. I sure hope you don't, but yeah, absolutely. Um, one yes. thing that also just came to mind that kind of goes with this a little bit, um, but it, it was actually said to a mom who had quite a few little children and she was afraid of getting pregnant again because she didn't know she could handle more children. Mm-hmm. Right. So there's, we've talked also about this, valid. <laughs> that there are, there right. are valid things on both sides and, and, um, an older woman in the faith, was was there when this conversation was happening and I remember her saying this and this is just I just felt like was just such wise advice she just looked at that young mom and she just said whatever you do there's not a lot of right or wrongs but whatever you do don't do anything permanent because what you feel today might not be what you feel tomorrow (laughs) right and that Mm -hmm. was I just thought that that was really wise advice like there are there are options of things that you can do to have a season maybe where something's not as much on your mind like the worry. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's okay. Like there's not, it's not a right or wrong. It's not like, Oh right. God's given us an explicit, this is what we're allowed to do or not. You right. know, and there's a lot of gray area, I guess of what's yes. okay or don't, but just that encouragement that there are seasons when things feel a lot harder and we don't think that we can handle more right. and don't get so bound by fear that you do something drastic in those seasons. Um, I just thought that was just such wise advice. So both ways, whether you are just feel like you get pregnant every time you turn around or if you're afraid of just anything that's fear-based, right? You're afraid right. of this. Well, learn to, to rest in him. It's a process mm-hmm. that's not going to be perfected the first time. It's not like, okay, I'll just tell myself this and it'll be. No, it's, it'll, you'll have to work at it. Mm-hmm. Um, but also don't do anything drastic right now. Take your time. Slow down. Listen to the Lord. Talk to the Lord. Mm-hmm. Listen to other people. Talk to other people if you do feel like there's something that you need to do. Like, and, and I say that because there are sometimes medically things. Like, I know women who have had miscarriage after miscarriage, and some of them have been really hard on their bodies. And so there may be something medical that has to be done eventually. It's, and we're not saying that you can't do that. But right. don't, do, don't make your decision out of fear. Right. Yep. So it's good. So that brings us to this one last question here, and this is kind of a, a kind of a doozy. I think um, when I first read the question, I realized I had seen similar things to this different places on the internet, and um, the woman who shared it with me, I, yeah, we had actually had kind of a conversation about this at one point, but she brought this back saying like this is just comes to my mind a lot, but. She said, I recently saw something about children being a blessing from the Lord and infertility being a curse, and I'm still upset over it. Does the Bible actually say that my infertility is proof that I am cursed? So. (laughs) Silence. Yeah. (laughs) This is such a big thing because in Scripture, She's right. There are a couple of references that seem to indicate that. Yeah. One thing that's really important when reading scripture is to keep an overview of all scripture in your mind when forming opinions about certain passages. Mm -hmm. So the quick answer to this question, just to make it really quick, 
is no, the Bible does not say that your infertility is proof of being cursed. However, there are places in scripture where women were cursed with childlessness. But there are also places where God's like specifically identifies and honors women who had been barren or were barren. Like, so it is clear, like there is blessings on both sides, mm-hmm. both in barrenness and in having children. Um, so sometimes the honor that God gave them was that they had a miracle baby in their older years. Right. So we think of like the story of Elizabeth. Is it, I can't think of her husband's name for some Zechariah. reason. Thank Zechariah. you. Zacharias. 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 I think there's yes. an S in the end. Um, the parents of John the Baptist. Join us later for Bible trivia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, she, it's very clear from scripture that she was an honorable woman and God was honoring her in her older years that she not only had a child, but had um, this miracle baby that had such a huge part of the Messiah coming. Yes. Right. Um, so that is there, but there's other points of reference is of God blessing those who couldn't have children. And there's not necessarily a miracle baby. There's just an explanation of how that blessings, that blessing comes. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. So for example, there is a verse in Isaiah uh, it's in Isaiah. Oh man, I should have looked that up. Speaking of Bible trivia, Jeepers. 10 points to the person who comments on this with the reference. No. <laughs> there, there's a verse in Isaiah about um, woman, the childless woman who has to extend her tent to make room for her growing family. Do you remember this? Yes. The single barren woman, the woman who has never born a child. Yes. Yeah. Delight's like, I'm looking this one up. <laughs> so, but basically that in that um, whole part, it's it's actually repeated a lot. I think if you've dealt with infertility, you've probably heard this verse before. Uh, but God is talking about growing the family of the barren woman, but it, it doesn't explicitly say that she's going to have children. It just says basically that her influence and her her, well, her tent was like her home. It's like her home was going to encompass far more. And mm-hmm. that was a clear blessing that he was speaking to someone who was barren. So the fact that she was barren was not proof of her being cursed. Does that make sense? Right. Right. Um, but then also, I do know the reference of this one. In Isaiah 56, it actually talks specifically to infertile men. And it says basically that they are encouraged to serve the Lord and that they will be given a blessing that is better than sons and daughters and a legacy that will last forever. Hmm. And so clearly they were in in this case, the infertile men, it was ones who had been made a eunuch. Right. So there really there's no way around it. Like you will never have children. It is impossible for you. And yet God still says. I'm going to give you a blessing that's going to be even better than that. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to give you a legacy. And so clearly in scripture, when you look at the whole of scripture, God does not look at someone who is infertile or unable to have children as someone who is cursed right. by any means. Right. And in fact, he specifically says that there is more blessing for you and there is a legacy that you can have that has nothing to do with your sons and daughters and everything to do with you and what God has placed in you. Right. And so that's a, a little more in-depth than just the no, that's not what scripture says. Mm-hmm. But um, right. But clearly, yes. Is, a, is it this one? Sing, O barren woman, you who never bore a child, burst into song, shout for joy, you who, or is this another one maybe, you who were never in labor, because more are the children of the desolate woman than of her who has a husband, says the Lord. Yes. That's one version. And it's, yes. Isaiah 54, one. So oh, see, we're, I was close, close to the other. <laughs> I was right in there. I had close Isaiah, to the right? other one. Yep. Um, but even reading that, I fe- it feels encouraging to me because even though I have adopted, you know, I haven't the same, I haven't had a biological child, the same mm-hmm. position you were in just a couple of years ago, Tasha. And it feels encouraging just saying like, okay, I can, I can still burst into song and shout for joy because I can just because the Lord redeems, I guess right, is what right. that, what it feels like. And mm-hmm. the Lord's goodness still applies to you. Yeah. 
even yes. if you have not done this. Right. Yep. And and right. that specifically, I actually love those verses because it's talking to the infertile woman, but then it, it kind of referenced even specifically those who are single. single. Right. Yeah. That that even there and even in that place, mm-hmm. you still, the Lord's goodness is still going to encompass you. Right. And it's which okay. Can be a, which can be a very barren place for somebody who oh, is longing sure. to... That's actually yeah, one thing. Well, I'll throw this out here. We didn't have a question about this, but um, in my journey through infertility, one of the greatest blessings that I've had is as I began speaking about it, some I have found very close friends from with women who have been single way longer than they expected to, mm-hmm. right? Women who would have loved to have a family and get married and the Lord just took them in a different direction. And that's not where their lives ended up. And it's not even to say that they won't marry. Some of them we still are, are praying for. I have one friend who recently got married that she was single far longer than she ever expected. And now she's in her 30s and got married. And it's just they're just the cutest couple in the whole world. But <laughs> that was a shout out to Katie. I'm sure she's going to listen to this at some point. <laughs> so, <laughs> but um, it's just there is so much... Um, companionship I guess is maybe the word that I've been able to find with Mm -hmm. single women and so that's I'm just throwing that out there to say too don't be afraid to widen your friendships if you're really struggling and feeling like all of your friends have lots of babies and Mm -hmm. you're not really sure look at some of the single women around you because they may be experiencing the exact same thing and they have even on top of that the lack of a husband to experience it with them and so Look yeah. for that and be willing to open yourself totally. up to a friendship there. Pursue friendships there, actually. Um, the Lord may use that greatly in your life the way that he has in mine. Yeah. So. Same. That's good. Yeah. Same here. So that is... Todd is getting excited with her hands there, but yeah, that's a good place to end, I think. But of course, we should ask what's good about today. Uh-huh. I feel like my, what's good about today's are always to do with the weather. <laughs> I, I don't know why. Uh huh. I don't live my life around what the weather is doing, but it's just, I don't know. It's just so beautiful. And my children because it's, it's spring are outside. And I don't know, the last few days, especially, or the last few weeks off and on, mm-hmm. besides our big snowstorm that we had. Right. Real big. Real big. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but just, yeah, I'm just feeling blessed that it's nice outside and alien especially can just go out by himself and just play. That's and so nice. Yeah. I don't know. Where in the winter he did go out some, but now it's like not even a question like, yeah, of course you can go outside. Go. Like mm-hmm. just put your mm-hmm. boots on and coat and go. You know, or Does jacket. Atlas go out too? I saw a picture of the two of them. Were you out yes, there? Yes, but not by himself. Sure. Yet. Not without me. Yep. Or Ilian can go out by himself. And I still keep an eye on him very of closely. Of course. <laughs> yes. What's good about today for me is just – that I have such a nice husband that I like a lot and he is just a really big blessing to me. And I, I don't know. We're just not without struggle. And some days he just makes me so mad and I'm sure I make him so mad. And, but the, I don't know, just the good things overshadow the, Mm -hmm. the hard Mm -hmm. things. And I'm thankful for that. And he just constantly, serves me and fluffs the pillows on the couch my friend (laughs) I had a friend here a few I don't know weeks ago months ago whatever it was in February I think and she was like how do you get your husband to always be fluffing the pillows (laughs) (laughs) and now I notice every time because he just he likes things straightened up and cleaned up and so he's always like we have several throw pillows around our living room Mm. and he's always like like making them look nice, fluffing them up and yes. like more than I do because he does it and mm-hmm. putting, arranging them. So now every time I'm like fluffing the pillows again, he's like rolls his eyes, but yep, he does That's it. Hilarious. Okay. We have pillows and blankets like on all of our couches in our living room. Like we have like a blanket that kind of goes on each couch mm-hmm. and my husband very often will go in and like straighten up the blanket and like make sure the cushions on the couch are all good. And I mean, I do it too. Like we both like it to be, and I'm, yeah, your husband makes your bed too, doesn't he? Yeah. So, although, okay. Yesterday. My Today. husband does not do that, but okay, we're going to have like this little husband discussion. Okay. <laughs> here. So I'm laughing like crazy because my husband is like the total opposite totally. of your husband's. <laughs> yes. 
And not only, like, does he not straighten anything on the couch, but when I have things on the couch, like, I have an afghan that I love to be on the back of the couch because it's very colorful, and I love that, like, splash of color. And I put it on the back of the couch, and every time he goes to the couch, it irritates him. Like, it irritates his head somehow. I don't <laughs> okay. know. Mm-hmm. So he pulls it off and leaves it, like like half off he just pulls mm-hmm. it off the, his spot and so it's always like crumbled over <laughs> in the, the corner or <laughs> and then we have another blanket that we keep on the couch and i fold up but he wants it loose like so he shakes it all out and the ones that just piled there loose so he can just tug it over <laughs> that is too but funny i will say i was trying to decide what my good about today but now that i just said that about my husband i will say something very kind because he also I've been very thankful for him we've gone through just a really rough season right now it's just been really hard and having to make some decisions for our children and our lives and just trying to listen closely to what the Lord has for us and what will be the best for everybody all the way around it's been hard and my husband has taken upon himself to learn how to make me foamed milk coffee Love and he's, he gets it right about one every five times. Um, but <laughs> he's so cute about it. Like he goes and he just, he told me, he's like, you know, Tasha, I realized the other day that I don't even know what your favorite mug is, which oh, was really cute. like, he <laughs> oh was so word. concerned about this. And, and the, the reason he didn't know is because I don't have like a super favorite, but it's because my favorite broke. That's why. But um, <laughs> the worst. Oh. I know it. And so right now I'm kind of in between, you know mm-hmm. how that is, until you find the it. right mug. Yes. But anyways. I have a few he, favorites right now. Oh, that's that's nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but regardless, he just he's just kind of been like aware, I think, as we've gone through another hard season, that there are places that my personality, I just kind of like put my head down and go, is just a little how I am. Mm-hmm. And I rarely talk about the things that I love or would like in general. Mm-hmm. he is very vocal about things that he likes. It's just a personality thing. It's not a whatever. But regardless, he has decided to make it his mission to figure out what things that I like for real mm. and then to try to provide them for me. And I half the time that. he gets them wrong, it's I guess, adorable. is the cutest part. <laughs> but it's so sweet. It's so sweet. And it's just, I don't know, like when he brings me the coffee with, you know, sometimes there's kind of foamed milk sort of. Um, and other times there's just like a couple little bubbles. <laughs> And uh-huh. it's just, but it's still like, it just makes my heart so happy just that he cares and that he's trying to do something that would bring me joy. I love it. And so that That's brings adorable. me joy, uh, you know, ultimately. So even though he leaves the blankets in a pile and if I make the bed, <clears throat> he gets really irritated because he doesn't like blankets tucked in anywhere or folded neatly anywhere. <laughs> oh my word. That would drive me nuts. It's all right. Our bedroom's downstairs and I just close the door. It's all good. But yes. it's true. You don't. <laughs> our bread. Our bed is rarely, (laughs) not our bread, our bed is rarely made either, even though I prefer it made and I think he does too, but he doesn't, he always gets out of bed last, right? Usually. Yeah. Usually. Oh, see, that makes a difference. And he does it at, he will make it at night before we get in it. He likes to get into the made bed, but he just, I think it's just too much in the morning. But My husband does like the blankets all laid out straight on the bed, so he'll straighten them, but he doesn't want like the bed made in it like you know, top sheets wrapped around kind mm-hmm. of thing. Gotcha. That's very confining. Yeah. Right. We confining. Don't wrap them, <laughs> exactly. We don't wrap them around just on the end, like the feet. Yeah, the end. The feet especially is where he doesn't like them. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Gotcha. He wants it loose. Praise <laughs> the Lord I'm not married to him. <laughs> See, I like to like tuck myself in like a little burrito. <laughs> yeah, oh, okay. I used to, but you know, you adjust. You adapt, you do. Yeah. yeah. Well, Natasha, we really appreciate you just being part of this and we <laughs> being part of this i think you should say you appreciate that i was part of it a few times <laughs> just kidding good job augie we do appreciate I feel like this when is delight in tasha's podcast no <laughs> we're I'm just sorry. taking i'm just slowly taking over don't worry yeah. <laughs> i'm sorry continue, continue like i always say august doesn't really listen so she'll never know how many i've actually put out <laughs> i might have a whole side podcast that she's not in and she just thinks she is but right. okay i'm sorry to like <laughs> no continue. it's been it's been really good and listeners thank you for listening we would love to just encourage you to share any of these episodes if they have mm-hmm. affected you in any way particularly because i think that it would be beneficial for people who haven't experienced infertility and i think mm-hmm. that you know saying hey 
this was actually good, even though I don't necessarily relate with this subject. Um, yeah, gets the word out there. Not that we need, it's always a funny thing because it's not that we need the recognition of the word out there, but it's nice to feel like the work you put into it is mm-hmm. being received and right. people are I also, being affected. I also think a lot of times there are people that would just really be encouraged by hearing stories, more personal stories. Yeah. And totally. to make that available to them that, yeah, that there are, there are places to, to hear stories. You know, we're not super professional obviously or anything like that, but mm-hmm. we, we do know the Lord and we do love him and mm-hmm. we have walked through a lot of stuff. And so being able to share these things, not just for like delight said, not just those who have walked through infertility, but just, barrenness of any kind any kind of brokenness um to just encourage them that there's real people just everyday ordinary people who have husbands that don't put the blankets down properly <laughs> on the couch <laughs> um but who are walking through similar things and are yeah we just we love to share our testimonies that's something in scripture that it talks about mm-hmm. is proclaiming the goodness of the lord and so that's what we're trying to do and so yeah if you have a chance share with somebody, post it on Facebook or Instagram or whatever. I don't know what all the little things are. There's lots more now. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm in the very old, southern. The old, send them a text with a link. I, don't you know this southern comes out? We had this yeah. conversation at whatever. One <laughs> 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 um, no, but yeah, there's lots of places obviously that you can share. Just word of mouth, even telling people, hey, look up this podcast if you're if you're struggling mm-hmm. in in an area of loss or anything like that. So we do encourage you to do that. Yes, for sure. Well, thank you again for joining us. Mm-hmm. August, no problem. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime you want me to come join you. <laughs> Just kidding. In your podcast. <laughs> oh, boy. We are, we are very grateful. <sighs> so have a good day. Have a good day. Have a good day. Have a good day.